Welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. The storytelling show that features The Clearing, where all good questions come to get asked and all good stories come to be told. And where all my guests have two things in common. They're all creative individuals and all with an interesting story to tell. There are some lovely storytelling metaphors. A clearing, a tree, a juicy storytelling exercise called 54321, some alchemy, some gold, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare and a cake. So it's all to play for. So yes, welcome to the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we shall begin. Welcome to an extremely exciting episode where we've got my first ever Olympic gold medalist legend here in the clearing, Roger Black, MBE. Welcome to the Good Listening To Show, stories of distinction and genius. You are both distinct and a genius. And, and, and don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, Chris, because it's very kind of you to call me an Olympic gold medalist. But I mean, the older I become, the more people think that. But I actually didn't win a gold medal at the Olympics. I won two gold medals at the World Championships. I won a silver at the, at the Olympics. And, and oh, I, yeah. I have to, to correct it because there'll be some people that go, oh, that was wrong, that was wrong. But thank you, because I, I mean, I I'm very happy to take it. <laughs> and by the way, as I've, in researching you, which I've really enjoyed, I think it's yeah. only for the fact that Michael Johnson happened to overtake you. Oh, yes. And in, and in today's currency, I mean, poor you, he was the Usain Bolt of his day. That would have been, it would have been gold in anybody else's. And the truth is, if I'm honest, and I, I've made a living out of you know, this story, is that, um, you know, yes, it, it was a silver medal, but it actually felt to me like a gold medal. So, yes, I was an Olympic gold medalist in my in my um, spirit. So, And by the way, I was so excited to talk to you. Just this week, I've started whipping out a gold baton to oh, pass wow. on the thread of gold uh, in nice. the construct of this. And when Roger Black, you said you'd do it, a little bit of, if I may, a bit of we came out because I thought, fantastic. Who else? But Roger Black to pass <laughs> on the golden baton to the golden relay baton, yeah. Because uh, you, this is you now getting gold, so you okay. deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. I know you've also won gold in the four by one hundred relay. Often you did that at the world and the European championship. Twice at the worlds, yeah. Twice the world and the European. That was the most and, famous race of all, actually. And just while I'm riffing, you're actually running a relay today because I know you're in a bit of a media relay today of doing back to back. Oh, back yeah, interview. no, you're the you're the final leg. There's 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 one more after you, but you've you've you're you're the important leg now. I'm the, I'm the sprint finish. You see, I sound you like are, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Wonderful. So sincerely, thank you for saying yes. It's going to be my great pleasure and joy to curate you through the unique construct of the Good Listening To show. There's going to be a clearing, a tree, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare, a couple of random squirrels and a cake, and not forgetting my gold baton, which will be yours at the end of this conversation. There's also a comedy bell for if we go into a bit of a rabbit hole where we can go... Cashier number two, please. And we sort of, you know, whistle on through. It's going to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. Also, you're here with a sort of booper hat on as well, because I know that part of your media thrust today is uh, how we make 2023 the year of me. What would you like to say about that? Well, all that is, is that, you know, the new year, people make resolutions to exercise. Of course, they do and get fitter. And many people have done this year. And it's just acknowledging that, that that it's more than just just thinking I'd like to do it. It's it's understanding that you know maybe the first step is to get checked out medically, and that's where Boop come in with their health clinics. Um, would advise that. The reason that, that I've been asked to do that is that I I was um, uh, born with a uh, with a, um, a heart disease, so I I I have a leaking heart valve. It was discovered when I was eleven. 
So I've actually been checked up on my heart every year of my life since I was 11. So that's 40, 45, 46 years. So, you know, no, no, no surprises have been coming to me. Um, um, and it's one of the reasons I didn't do athletics much as a kid. I uh, wasn't allowed to do much uh, as a kid for the first sort of between 11 and 12. But uh, yeah, and, and just I have my own fitness brand, Roger About Fitness, which help people um, work out at home with treadmills and bikes. And most of our clients are, are of an age, <laughs> you know, because, you know, the, the challenge is of not everyone wants to go to the gym. Not everyone wants to run outside. Um, and I ju I'm just a real champion for it's all about moving now. When I was an athlete, it was about high performance. It was it was extreme. But now for me, I'm nearly 57. It's it's about looking after myself so I can look after my family. Um, and it's about moving and being active and being more careful of what I eat. I'm not obsessive about that, by the way. When I was an athlete, I could eat what I wanted because I was training all the time. So I'm a bit of a champion for, for you know, different phases in life. And as we get to, to, to a certain stage in life, which I'm at, you know, things change. You know, even if just as you're going to live better, things change physically. Yes. So, you know, more, more in moderation now and just encouraging as many people to, to set their goals, connect with their goals, make it easy on themselves, don't beat themselves up, but just let's keep moving because you know, our bodies were meant to move if we could. So. And we've just overcome Blue Monday in the calendar, yeah. which is where yeah. I think it's Monday the 16th of January when most people are bluest. It's where all the divorces begin to happen, but also it's because we give up our New Year's resolution stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the thing is, from my experience is, the starting point actually is, is to, to, to really connect with your why. It was easy as an athlete. I knew what my why was. My why was I'm going to train because I want to win Olympic medals. It wasn't a difficult one. So they didn't need much motivation. Now, you know, different people get motivated in different ways. And, and I think we need to take the time to really say, well, why do I want to exercise? Is it weight loss? Is it mental health? That's a huge part of it nowadays. Is it, 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 is, is it because I've got an underlying health condition that i know i need to, to exercise whatever it may be once you connect with that then when the wobbles come in and the setbacks come in you'll, you'll push through because your why will never change i mean you you know what you're trying to achieve and it's the corny as this sounds i think it should be a marathon not a sprint and i also think it the, the secret if you can make it a habit if you can make exercise just part of your daily life or your weekly life it's just something you do it's no big deal anymore it's just what i do then then you've cracked it and by the way, I watched a wonderful film of you just about half an hour ago where you really played it forward by trying to give advice to how to have a successful sporting retirement. And I remember you saying what you missed the most was the really clear discipline of the oh, deadline of the Olympic championship. Race. It's the biggest it's the it's the biggest thing that any sports. It's, it's like someone who retires from the forces, actually. You know, you have a, a routine, a structure, you know, the day, the time, the place of the Olympic final, you know, you know what you're aiming for every year. You don't wake up in the morning going, oh, what am I aiming for? When you retire, that goes. You know, my goals now are not as clear. They can never be as clear as they were as an athlete. And, that, and that's okay, obviously. But, but it, you know, trying to, to get clearer goals is a real challenge. And sports people are wired to, to, to be focus-driven and to move forward and not dwell on the past. Yeah. So that's why you get a lot of sports people who retire and they just don't know what to do. They drift. They don't. What am I? What are, I don't know. What are my skills? You know, I can't run anymore. What are my skills? So you have to retrain, relearn, get inquisitive, be curious yeah. um, and, and find something. Not, not, not to be as good as oh, nothing's going to. I'm never going to do anything that's like standing on the Olympic rostrum. That would be that would be foolish and, and slightly selfish. But but, you know, 
just to replace that 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 hole is something that 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 can be a real challenge for for a lot of people. And I remember you also saying within the, the the wonderful body of that film that obviously not everybody can do going into television, becoming a sports no. sort of pundit. They yeah. can't be a Roger Black. They can't be a Gary Lineker. Not everyone. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing that anymore. I don't do that anymore. I did that. I did that for only a few years. I had that opportunity, but it wasn't my calling. Uh huh. Um, so you know, I, I you know, you, you try a few things, but you, you know, the, the, the thing is to try and find you know, what is my thing. What is the thing that I really where I feel that I am in the place I should be. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, for me, that's, stand, that's corporate speaking, standing on a stage um, and encouraging people to exercise. So. Wonderful. So you're extremely welcome. And uh, so what is, let's get you going on the open road of this structure. Yeah, now. let's go. And there yeah. will be a deliberate invitation to find out all about the Roger Black world at the end when I'll deliberately yeah. ask us to take a deep dive into your URLs. Okay. Uh, and let's, so let's, let's take you through the, my own relay of the construct of this program so first of all we're going to be in the clearing so where is what is a clearing like for roger black where do you go to get clutter-free inspirational and able to think you know there's only one place i can go to 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 be completely at one and in pure connection and unfortunately it's not a place i can go to regularly but when i tell you what it is and it's actually when i'm swimming um and i don't swim enough but when I'm actually swimming, I can hear my breathing. I can hear my heartbeat. I'm completely in a, in a metronome. I'm not a great swimmer, but it's a feel of the water. And that's where I feel most connected with my, with my spirit and my soul, I would say. So when I'm swimming, the other one is my wife and I run, we live in a gill from this place called the Chantry. There's a church called St. Martha's Church, top of the hill. And the views from up there, you know, we go up there regularly and you know, there's that. So, so one of those two, take your pick. I don't know if you can do this in, in water. I can do it in water. <laughs> you, interestingly, you're not the first person. It, and what I want to ask you yeah. is, are we talking staying in your lane like an Olympic swimming pool type no. pool or uh, well, in deep fresh water? No, I don't, I, I'm not comfortable in fresh water because I saw Jaws when I was a kid and I've never got over it. <laughs> um, we're talking in, in a swimming pool. Yeah, in a swimming pool. Yeah, a quiet swimming pool. By the way, we're, we're a very similar age. Uh, as yeah. we know, uh, Jaws, you sit in never the bath. Even in the bath, somebody needs to go... And you'll so, get... It's, 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 it's totally illogical. I've never got over it. And I'm like many people. It's, it's extraordinary. Yeah. So are we going for a metaphorical Olympics pool in that case? Or a metaphorical... Um, just you know, nice pool in in the garden. You know, a hot day or in a in a you know a nice pool somewhere. Yeah. Oh, hello! Have we got a pool in our garden, Roger Black? Uh, not, not yes and no. <laughs> yes and no, meaning you've got some yeah. flooding in the lower field. Or... Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. Oh, but, but, by the way, yeah. I've just done a segue for myself talking about flooding in the lower field and yeah. the fast show. Do you watch Gone Fishing with Paul Whitehouse? Uh, it, and... My mother. It was my mother. My mother-in-law passed away a few months ago. It was her favorite thing on tv because what's so lovely is as you know they both talk about their health and having had a yeah heart yeah sure sure uh sure. yes so there's yeah. a really nice natural segue and i'm sorry that your mum passed with no she was 92 she was fine she was ready to go a very, we... very very peaceful and um uh wonderful passing so there you go as good as it could be so we're very lucky yeah she had a good life as they she say. had a great life she had a great life. 
Yeah. Lovely. And I just forgot to remember, it's it's Bob Mortimer was the other one. The other yeah, Bob, yeah, within yeah, Gone Fishing. Yeah. So uh, we're in your pool then. Yeah. And so um, what I'd like to do now is arrive rather comically with a tree in your pool. <coughs> and I'm going to take the tree to see which storytelling apples fall out. So uh, this is where you've been kind enough. If you look at the the stem of the tree there. This is where you've had five minutes or since I first uh, connected with you this morning to have thought about four things that have shaped you, Roger Black, uh, awesome athletics legend, uh, three things that inspire you, two things that never fail to grab your attention, well, squirrels, you know, what never fails to grab your attention, and then a quirky or unusual fact about you we couldn't know until you tell us. So over to you to interpret that as you'd like. Okay, well, you might have to help me and prompt me on this. So the, the four moments in my life that I would say have shaped me, um, one I've mentioned already, age 11, school medical. Oh, this doesn't sound right. And before I know it, I'm in, down in Southampton General Hospital with the senior cardiologist called Neville Conway. And I'm told that I have, a, I have heart disease. I have a leaking heart valve and that actually I need to be very careful. And um, so this is a kid who was kicking a football every day of my life. I was out, yeah, it wasn't athletics, but I was out running and football, sport mad. Fastest kid in the school, suddenly you're not allowed to play in rugby. You're, you're not doing cross country, that was good. Um, and that didn't last for too long because then after a few months, he said, okay, look, you can you can start doing that, but we need to keep an eye on you. And, I, you know, was it traumatic? Yeah, it was traumatic, but, but you know, you, you move on. But I think that was a moment that I realised now as I look back, must have shaped me, must have shaped me. Um, because I had a choice. I could either go, and then when I became an athlete, I could always use it as an excuse, couldn't I? Um, and I never talked, well, I didn't make it public, never talked about it, but it was always there. My father was always worried. My father was a GP and he had heart condition. Um, so I think that would be the first moment I would suggest. Um, and, the, and the, these are related to athletics. So, so. Bolo, sorry to interrupt you. What's really extraordinary in your yeah. triumph is I, I, where I go to my gym, uh, yeah. my, he's, he's a rugby instructor as well. And his son recently broke his collarbone and he's become really tentative in when he now goes back to rugby. Mm. So how did you manage to achieve the success you did knowing? Because I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't have any okay. symptoms. I didn't have any symptoms and I was told what the symptoms would be and I had to be aware. I had symptoms once, but it was a false alarm. It wasn't my heart. One of the things when you have a heart valve, it's changed now, is that you, the time where it becomes real is when you go to the dentist. You go to the dentist, you have to have antibiotic cover because if you get uh, an infection on your heart, a valve called bacterial endocarditis, that's a problem. Serious, serious problem. That's not, yes. you know, that, isn't, that, is, that is a serious problem. And the symptoms of that are fluey and sweaty and, and and you know really bad and I had that once when I was an athlete and I was right I spent a, over a week in, in the hospital and um I didn't I had something called psittacosis which you catch off off birds apparently um there you go so but I had no obvious symptoms that I had a heart condition so um yeah it's, not, it's, it's called aortic aortic valve stenosis is your condition oh, is it I don't know it's called loads of different things um in, yeah yeah. What do I there know? But apparently yeah. 300,000 300, people in yeah, the UK. Loads of people have it and you yeah. have different degrees of it. And I count myself lucky. Uh, if you look at, if you know, if you take the Mercedes badge, uh, there are three valves. Well, one of them isn't there. So, you know, wow. so what happens is the blood, in my, in my case, so that, you know, the blood pumps out of the heart. Yeah, this, it's a system. It's a one-way system. Blood comes in, blood goes out. Okay. So when you pump it out of the heart through the aortic valve of me, some of it comes back in. And, and that's not apparently very good. I haven't had any problems. 
But and ironically, there. it could be a turbo booster which made you go faster. But who knows? It, it has been suggested. It has been. <laughs> suggested. So, so I, I've never really talked about it because I've never seen it as a as a as a as a as a problem. So but there's it, never been. But I know about it when I have medical. You know, when when you have life insurance and things like that. You know? Yes. And and I yeah. So you, you go oh, damn <laughs> medical insurance. But, so, so you've never had to have correctional surgery or anything. You just no. Is, but but what I know is back in the old days that was a big problem. Nowadays, it's incredible. The replacement valve surgery is extraordinary now. So so I, I may have to. I may not. But um, but coming back to the exercise thing, I think nowadays one of my motivations for exercise is is that. Whereas it, it certainly wasn't as an athlete. It, it didn't even cross my mind. Mm. I mean. You you wouldn't let somebody do what I did if there was a you know, it was always a risk but I mean it never it crossed my mind I mean it wouldn't cross my mind so yeah there's that extraordinary story of the um, footballer that collapsed in one of the huge competitions yeah 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 and, well you get that happens yeah and it's an underlying back. problem and yeah. my problem was discovered early so it wasn't yeah, yeah. an underlying problem so so back to your uh, what inspired you so obviously that was a really okay so i think that would be part of it and then the next key moment in my life and and this really is a key moment in my life was i wanted to become a doctor and i had to get three a three b's to go to bart's hospital to read medicine and i did my i was doing my my a levels and i did my mass a level exam and i i panicked and i messed it up and when i left the exam room i knew i'd messed it up and then when the results came through, I got an A in biology, which I thought, that's pretty good if you want to be a doctor. I got a B in chemistry, which is pretty good if you want to be a doctor. And the maths, which, let's be honest, not that important, I got a D. And I got rejected. I didn't get in. I got a rejection. And it was, I was devastated. But what it meant was is that I had a year off to retake my maths A-level. And it was in that year that I, I had run for Hampshire schools and there was a guy called um, Fayez Ahmed, who was a high jump, best high jumper in Hampshire. He was my best friend, yeah, my only friend in athletics. He was, you know, through that one competition a year or two competitions a year. And he just said, look, you are so special. You have no idea how good you are. And he's the one who told me to go and join Southampton Athletics Club and train with two athletes who had come back from the Los Angeles Olympics, the late Todd Bennett, who went on to be the world record holder indoors, and my great friend Chris Akabusi, who you know, most of us know. And I joined their training group as this spotty teenager who had talent and potential, but I'd never joined a club. I'd never, I didn't know how good I was. And I started chasing them and 20 other people up a hill on, on a Monday night. And then I came back on Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And that was it, you know, just suddenly training with these guys and they've got the sponsored cars and everything. And I'm in my green flash trainers and my rugby kit. And I caught them. And I was an international within two months indoors. Wow. And I'm, so I am an example of somebody who had loads of talent. But, but unless you put that talent in the right environment, you, you don't know how good you are. You know, if you want to run fast, run with fast people. But the scary thing for me, and this has shaped my mind and my life, I absolutely know, and I'm not making this up, okay? Because you could you could, could speak to any of my friends at school after we've done our A-levels, before we got the results, and, and they would never have said I'd be an athlete, okay? We all you know, went to grammar school. We're all going to go to university and whatever. If I had got a B on, the, on my maths paper that day, I wouldn't be sitting here with you tonight today there's no chance there's no because my life wouldn't have gone down that path i would not i would have gone to london i wouldn't have met chris akabusi i wouldn't have met daily thompson i wouldn't have i wouldn't have known how good i am i wouldn't and that has shaped me as a person because now no matter what happens now in my life 
there's always a little part of me and I'm not, my life hasn't been, you know, it's not been plain sailing and, and, and you know, like everybody's, you know, it's not straight line, is it? I, there's a little voice in my head that always says, what's good about this? No matter what happens. And that, and that shaped me because it changed my life. It changed my direction. And that and the rest is history. I mean, literally his history. And lovely um, testament to that adage, you know, what's meant for you won't pass you by, but actually what's not meant for you will pass you by is the opposite. Uh, and I, I, it's, it's, you know, I tell that story if I'm, if I'm asked to um, speak at school prize givings and things like that. And, you know, I can see the parents and the teachers going, oh, no, don't say that. You know, you messed up your A-levels. Not really. But, but I always say and with my kids, you know, you, you have, you know, choose a goal, choose a dream. You may not achieve, but something will happen along the way. And, and as long as you just follow the path that presents in front of you, whatever that path you take, you never know. And, a, and very good friend, a very good friend of mine who I've also interviewed, who's called Dave Stewart, a company called Fresh Air Leadership in Scotland. Yeah. One of his favorite mantras is, if, if shit happens, he calls it plot twist. Yeah. Yeah. How and, and, it's easy, and it's easy to say and hard to do, though, isn't it? When, you, when you've gone down, you want to do something. It's, it's like... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's amazing. So that, that absolutely. And then I think the next one is very closely connected with that. And it, and it is, I've, I've already said it, it was meeting Chris Akabusi because no matter how good I was potentially, um, I know I wouldn't have achieved what I did as an athlete if I hadn't met Chris Akabusi. And he will say exactly the same. It's very rare in life that you meet somebody from such a different background and such a different personality who is so different to you. Yet when you are together, you, this, this incredible bond c connects very quickly. I mean, he'll always joke about me, but you know, he'll say, I got 10 O levels, he got nine no levels. He'll talk about, he calls me Lord Black. And you know, our background, <laughs> our background stories are miles apart. You know, he was, Born in Nigeria, his parents put him and his brother on a plane to England. He lived, grew up in children's homes, got, you know, messed around at school, joined the army. But you've got two people who on the outside are so different and unique. Yet where it matters, deep, deep, deep connection, even to this day, you know, ch our yeah. children are all connected. You know, we, we are. And meeting him changed my life. And he would hopefully say the same. And. And to, to find someone who can share that dream, that goal, make those decisions that are hard to make. You know, do we go and train in America with David Thompson? Do we stay here to, to just aim to, 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 to go to places physically and emotionally in athletics that to go along there with somebody else is very different to trying to do it on your own. And for these two people to collide through sport and geography uh completely completely has shaped my life and his and and yeah so so that would be the third one i've seen him do his motivational talk yeah. back today one of the first yeah. i ever saw yeah. so i know that i've seen the footage of you and him running together yeah. in that yeah. great event that he made as the centerpiece but what's interesting about i mean chris is a huge personality and you what you see is what you get there's no yeah. acting going on there but, but maybe you can appreciate what i'm saying me and he, i know a different i know he's not a different person but we have a very, it's a private thing, you know, it's, it, it, what we had together when you're on that journey together, serious journey yeah. of trying to win medals and compete and all that stuff. It's a very quiet private journey as well as the, the, the outward journey that the public see. Yeah. And that deep, deep connection with somebody 
with a shared goal and a shared vision is so rare and so powerful. And we see it in all creative, you know, whether it's Lennon McCartney, whether it's, you know, it's, 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 it's that, it's that the sum of the parts is greater than the whole. And, and, and I had it and I had it with this, this guy who, you know, was just so different to me. Yes. And, um, and it's great. And that, that, so that would be a huge one for me. Beautiful answer and interpretation yeah. of that. So a third influence yeah. or another shapeage, if you like. Um, I mean, outside of sport, um, you know, you, you, you live in the world of, of the world of the athlete is very, um, what's the word? You know, it's a, it's a very self-absorbed world. It's a very narcissistic world yeah. it's narcissistic mm. it's very selfish you're very focused you're very um programmed um and that's great for high performance but you pay a price emotionally um and to be able to then uh, in retirement and later on to to meet my wife of the last 20 years jules who's actually in your world she's a theater director she's in the world of theater and to be with someone who who isn't you know is there you know who, who is different to 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 the world you had lived in and to, and then to be introduced to the world of theater youth theater and to you know, my children are more affect by, affected by our life is in theater not in sport you know i don't i'm not involved in sport anymore and to be able to experience that and to be part of that and to see what good that is and what it does and to see that as a sports person who may be not as in touch with emotions as this person would be but to see the parallels between sport and theater the teamwork the collaboration the performance you know the preparation uh, and have that my eyes opened up to that that, that that never saw it as an athlete you know it was all blah, 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 me 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 and and you know performance and macho and ego and all that sort of stuff you know to to, to be lucky enough to 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 to, to spend the last 20 years with, with Jules and, and have a kiss. And, yeah, I think it has to be that as well. So. And it's the, the beauty and the nature of ensemble, actually, in theatre, but then in sport, and, doing a yeah. 4 by 100 metre relay, yeah. absolutely, an ensemble piece. I mean, it's really interesting because, um, so, so the, the, a lot of musicians and theatre people, they, 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 they really like meeting sports people. You know, I'm very lucky to do bits on telly and stuff and you meet people. And, and it's great when you meet someone. So a very good friend of mine is, is, a, is a, quite a well-known musician from the, from the 80s. Well, I don't say it is, but, but it's really interesting. Someone who had no interest in sport at all. Yet when we met, this bond. So it's not because he has an interest in sport. I actually um, have a big interest in music. But, but that shared experience and, the, the, and, and I remember him once saying to me, I didn't realise, I, I thought I, sport was nothing to do with my world. I'm a musician, I'm not a sports person, but actually they're very similar worlds. Mm. You know, the, as you say, ensemble, collaboration, there's a degree of creativity in sport. You have to think and create, be creative. You can't just, you know, you, if you're a robot, you might do all right, but you have to have a growth mindset and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And I think experiencing that with Jules and experiencing that with, so, so I'm, you know, I, I, I'm far more likely to go to a, a musical concert or a theatre than I am to go watch sport. And I love the fact that in the two worlds you're describing, there's obviously a mutual respect for each other's combined oh, massive, disciplines. Massive, massive, yeah, yeah. Respect. massive respect. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so for example, I might watch someone 
on a, on a this is, I always say to my wife, you know, I, I just don't get it. I just don't, and I would have nightmares about it. I think I don't understand how, you know, the, even the kids that she's with, how, how can they remember the lines? And she'll say it's the last thing on their minds. It's just part of being theatre. Honestly, don't ask me that question again. It's a silly question. Yet she'll watch someone running in an Olympic final and think, how the hell can they do that? And I'll go, yeah, but that's what they do. That's what they prepare for. So, yeah, it's all about preparation, isn't it? Interesting. I've got a, an actor friend who's literally, as I speak, about to complete rowing across the Atlantic. Wow. Okay. So there's that extraordinary, yeah. the, the two worlds colliding. Colliding. I mean, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, they're called Atlantic Body and Soul, by the way, and it's an actor called Cal McAninch who's just okay. beginning to stop. Okay. So we could now be, and thank you, by the way, you're giving me beautiful answers. We've got alchemy and gold coming up, but you're giving me that by the okay. bucket load anyway. Okay. So now can we talk about three things that inspire you? And if there's any okay. overlap. Yeah, so so music and certain songs, one in, lots of songs, but there's one, one song. Yeah, you know, music has the ability to take you to back to a moment. And there's actually it's a, a, the one which is a very strange one, really, for me. But every time I hear Chasing Cars, I think it is by Snow Patrol, it takes me instantly back to a moment with a group of male friends a few years ago, actually, on, on holiday. But one guy in particular, I could see where we were, what we were doing. And we because we shared, I said, oh, we shared the I gave him half of the earphone. We, and we were lying down and we shared that moment of connection. So, so music inspires me absolutely. Um, my kids, my kids. If I said my kids inspire me, they just tell me to just shut up. But, shut up. <laughs> but you know, but they would. But you know, I have twin boys who are seventeen, a daughter who's twenty three, and, and 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 I have moments where you look at photos of when they were kids, babies, and then you look at them now. Yes. And I just sometimes have a moment of going, really, you know, you've. No, I don't know where they're going to do what they're going to do. It's not that. It's not. Oh, I'm so proud of my children. It's. It's just the physical. Just wow, you know. Yeah. Wow. Let's not take that for granted. Weren't we lucky? And look, look at that. You know that that the inspir that that. Um, I don't know what I'm saying there, but but no, but, no, but that's so relatable. By the way, yeah, mine are 23 yeah. and 16. Yeah. Completely in yeah. that zone of just being gobsmacked, gobsmacked by them yeah. on the daily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and the third one, I can't think of a, a, a third a third one. I mean, I think well, I can, I can, because we're talking. I think um, I don't do this enough. Um, I, my wife Jules does this all the time, and I have to get in that moment more. And I know I need to improve myself, but just sometimes the you know, we we run in the same place most days, and when you run the same run every day, and it's in the woods up up high. Uh, when you when you run the same place every day you see you see the seasons change yes and 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 you see and, and there are just moments where we just stop and she'll be the one stopping but you stop and you go wow you know it's just look at that a frosty morning or or you know or or, or, or whatever and i think i think the day we lose we cease to be inspired by nature is is is, is a sad day so so i'd say that and again, very relatable. There was a time I completely gobsmacked somebody who was hyper-stressed within a corporate arena. And I just happened to ask the question, uh, when did you last hear the birds sing? And he immediately burst into tears because he couldn't remember. Yeah. So yeah. I think what you're saying is the idea of being present to nature is so yeah. profoundly important for mental health as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not as good as that as I should be. Um, but I'm aware of it. But I'm not as good as I should, as I should be. Because the, yeah, the athlete 
being you, you can't ever stop being an athlete in your in your when you've done it for so long and 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 programmed so way program always to go forward program to be busy program to be doing um but also you know the art of it was to actually be able to strip it away and be in the moment so you know yes. my greatest ever race i remember going down to the line for the olympic final breathing and almost handing over you know that that's a hell of a thing okay but for a lot of it i was always panicking it was all that and, and not being in the moment enough and i think just acknowledging the moment and it's easy for me to sit here and say that because i haven't mastered it but but i but i'm married to someone who has and uh and i think it's such a such an important thing yeah gosh how we f- that's the zone isn't it the zone it is it's the zone you know and, and in uh, acting by the way it's called your, your wife will appreciate this it's it's um tonicity that state of readiness which is between utter tension and utter flaccidity yeah yeah tonicity yeah and i only i do have that when i'm when i'm presenting when i'm doing a, 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 call, a, a you know, motivational speech or whatever it's the out of body thing it's the split yeah. you know the, the wow you know you're you're in the zone and it's, you're doing what you should be doing yeah. and i i again relate i do comedy improvisation for a right. instant wit that i run and that's when i feel most in my zone too yeah very yeah. relatable beautiful okay. stuff okay now uh, two things that never fail to grab your attention this is borrowed from the film up the oh, squirrels you know what never fails to stop you in your tracks the smell of petrol in a petrol station nom, nom, i love nom. it i absolutely never fails never fails <laughs> what is that all about you old petrol head i love that yeah. that's a great I'm answer. Not a petrol head. i'm not into cars <laughs> But it's just the smell of, of petrol. It just sometimes just, oh, that's, that's nice. I don't know why that is. Um, Are we talking diesel as well? Just anything petroleum and... I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just... That's a great answer. I don't know why that is. Um, I mean, there are lots of smells and lots of things. I'm sure people give a smell as an answer many times, you know, coffee or whatever. But I, I was thinking, which is the one that... It's a secret. Yeah, so like, oh, God, I really like that smell. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Bizarrely, my daughter says the same thing. So we've got a, like a kindred spirit in my daughter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that grabs my attention. Um, and the other thing that grabs my attention, which my family just like, and then is, is uh, if I'm watching, and I think there's some deep psychological flaws in this, but if I'm watching, because I'm not particularly um, outwardly, um emotional um but if i'm watching like x factor if i'm watching something where somebody has achieved something um if i'm watching a sporting event i can sometimes be in tears and i don't it's not hasn't doesn't have to be my team it doesn't have to be it doesn't matter what it is and i think it probably is taking me back to the struggles to get to what i achieved and all that sort of stuff but but I just get outwardly emotional, you know, and, and it's a strange thing because I think it's quite common in men um, that they'll cry watching something on telly, but they won't do it. You know, I don't know what there is in that, but but that never ceases to catch me. I go, bloody hell, dad's crying again. And, you know, my kids will go, oh, God, mum and dad are crying. Oh, blimey. You know, <laughs> it, honestly, it's ridiculous. But and I, yeah, there's something, obviously something in that. But uh, yeah, it's that. It's a beautiful answer. Love <laughs> And again, very relatable. There'll be lots of people yeah. going, yeah, <laughs> and me. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's the admiration of the triumphant moment. However, I don't, fight, I, don't, I, try, I, don't, I don't fight it anymore. Just let it happen. 
I'm happy that you do. Being in touch yeah. with your emotions is a good yeah, thing. I can watch it any yeah, film or anything. It's just like, why? Yeah. Anyway. Lovely. And now a quirky or unusual fact about you, uh, Roger Black, MBE. Well, we couldn't know about you until you tell okay. us. Okay. Well, I, I was thinking about this, and, 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 it, and, it, and it's not going to be about me because I, I don't, I can't think of there's anything about me that, I, that you can't find somewhere, I, I think. But, there, but actually, this is a good one. Okay. It's about my family and it's about my brother so i in a strange situation um obviously you know being an athlete being becoming well known and whatever um i often get people coming up to me not often but quite often from the classical music world saying i know your brother so my brother nigel um was the principal horn of the philharmonia um, he's one of the preeminent French horn players. You know, he's in his mid sixties now, um, and and has completely excelled in class in, in, as a classical musician. You wouldn't know it if you met him, by the way. He was professor of brass. He's just retired, I think, at the um, Royal College or Royal Academy of Music. And in his world of brass, he is really esteemed. Um, and it's very interesting that we've lived parallel lives in both having a unique gift and i would say it is a gift to do something out of the ordinary yet we've come from the same family so my family was a musical family not a sporting family so we're all we're all musical my, my, my I, have, I have a twin sister and two brothers and we're all musical we can all play musical instruments we grew up i spent my life growing up every day of my life hearing classical music because my parents had classical music playing in the kitchen every day I actually don't like, don't listen to classical music. I've actually not seen my brother play, and he's retired now from, from, from the Philharmonia, I think. He now still does films. He's played on most films you've heard. But I think that's an interesting fact that, um, yeah, I have a, a brother who has excelled in, in, a, in, in, in classical music, and most people don't know that. Nigel Black. Is that a good one? That's awesome. Thank you very much. I don't think much. I've ever really mentioned it. I mean, maybe once or twice. I don't think that's something I've, I've, I've ever mentioned. We never talk about it, by the way, together. And when did you last see him? I had lunch with him a few weeks ago. But I, don't, I think he saw me run once, and I don't think I got round to watching him play. <laughs> You've retired from running now. so he, Yeah, he yeah, he well. yeah, and he's just retiring, I think, from, from Philharmonia, or has done. Yeah, and, so. and Nigel Black, did you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. French horn. There you go. Lovely. Now we move away from the tree. We're still yeah. in the clearing, which is in your swimming pool of choice. <laughs> well, yeah, so and now we're talking long. about... We're moving, so not for long. <laughs> now we're talking about <laughs> alchemy and gold next. When yeah. you're at yeah. purpose and in flow, Roger yeah. Black, what are you yeah. absolutely happiest doing? I'm, I'm playing my guitar. Oh, that's another surprising answer. Just unpack yeah. that slightly. Yeah, so I, um, I was chorister as a kid. Um, and I picked up a guitar when I was 12 and I'm not a very, I'm not a great guitarist, but I could play guitar to play, uh, acoustic and, um, and yeah, play, play. And, and I don't, you know, played a lot when I was an athlete, you know, I always had an audience. Daley Thompson was my biggest fan, uh, lived in America. So was in played with a guy with guy we were living was playing you know for, for a living out out on the you know in the in the clubs and pubs and would go listen to him and then i did did a few myself and did a little bit and then stopped um and i 
don't play as much as I used to, but when I sit on my own and I play guitar, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at connected. It's the one, it's the one thing I do that connects me with, with, with me. I don't play enough. I need to, but it's on my, it's the thing I should do more, but uh, yeah. So there you go. You don't know. And sing. I can't, by the way, I can't play guitar. I have to, I have to be singing. I can't. Okay. And you don't happen to know Mark Knopfler, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Cause he's on my wish list. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but that's a great answer and a really. Although Mark Knopfler, yeah, Mark Knopfler did the music to my favourite film and and my chosen subject for Celebrity Mastermind, which I won, which is the film The Princess Bride. He did the music for that. You killed my father. Prepare, Prepare to die. die, you son of a bitch. I love you now. <laughs> See, there are two people. There are two types of people in the world: people who get and like Princess Bride, and people who go, "What? What? What's that all about?" Yeah, there you go. That's it. And you know yes. the worst about Princess Bride? I, it's my favourite film, and I'm, I'm and book, film, everything. And I'll reread the book, and and it was a labour of love <laughs> being allowed to do the Princess Bride um, on Mastermind. It genuinely was, and um, and uh, it, 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 some people just just think it's ridiculous. They don't get it because they, they just it's a fairy tale. Well, what what are we talking about? It's a kids' film. No, it's not. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> and what a great answer. And congratulations for winning Mastermind. I hadn't got to that bit of research. No, yeah, well. I knew maybe. you were in Strictly Come Dancing, well, but I didn't yeah, know I did, that. I did Mastermind twice. I've done it twice. And the first time I did uh, James Taylor, the, the singer-songwriter. Oh, yes. Yeah, and um, I came second in that. Um, and then, then did The Princess Bride. So I, I, I think that probably, if you wanted to know me, I think, by the way, I think, I think you can sound like and I've done this. Now. I've done this many Arthur. times. If I'm speaking at a dinner, you sit and have dinner with strangers, and sometimes the conversation is a bit tricky. And, and the best question you can ever ask people is, "What would be your chosen subject in Mastermind?" And the reason it's a great question is because you're not actually you're asking somebody, "What are you really interested in? What would you work? What would you work on to be tested on?" Yeah, and it's been brilliant because people then reveal who they are. Yes. Yeah. And mine would be about Stan Laurel, please. He's my. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And when would you ever that ever come out in a conversation? And, by the way, thank you. That's a great question. It, it really is. And 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 it, you know, if you would say, if you would to ask my close friends and family, you know, James Taylor, Princess Bride. Yeah, that's Roger. That is it's not Roger. the Olympics. He started, so he's finished. Oh, he's off again, and he's running. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. love that on the open road of Roger Black. <laughs> love that. <laughs> Again, great answers. Uh, and now I'm going to award you with a cake. Huzzah. Right. Uh, right. So with your underlying heart condition, do you like cake, please, Roger Black? I like cake. I don't love cake. I'm not a... I can, I'll eat it, but I'm not a... Oh, I love cake. So I, I would have a cake, and it would, uh, it would probably be um, a Victoria sponge. Or, or a ginger cake, actually. Maybe oh, hey, now... Uh, yeah. Choose, please. I'm not. It's a metaphorical cake, so it can be. Okay, difficult. okay. If I had to choose between those two, I'll go ginger cake with a cup of tea. It has to be with a cup of tea. I couldn't and have you like to take a bit of cheese with your ginger cake as well. Um, I, I actually, I haven't done that, but I do. I, I did grow up in a household with my mother where it was always apple pie with cheese, and I can see how ginger cake would work. So I will do that next time. Christmas Thanks cake and ginger cake with cheese. Yeah. Nom nom yeah. nom 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 yeah. nom. Yeah. So this is a no big surprise. Another storytelling metaphor where you get to put a cherry on your cake now, not a bit of cheese, right. but a, a right. cherry. And yeah. this is stuff like, what's a favourite inspirational quote that's always given you sucker and pulled you towards your future, Roger Black? There are so many. I mean, I. I 
you know, as a speaker, I have so many quotes, but I think it's, it's not really something that's maybe, yeah, okay, okay, it, okay, it would be, can I tell you a little story? Yes, that's why we're okay. here. So my career was ups and downs and highs and lows, um, and, and, and it's all about can you win an Olympic medal? You know, you, you really would swap success anyway. I didn't have a good, I missed Seoul with a broken foot. I went to Barcelona, wasn't ready, injured. So Atlanta was my last chance. And 10, 10 months before Atlanta, I was, I was, I just had a knee operation. Chris Akabusi had been retired a few years. It was my last chance. And I was in America and I walked into an art gallery. I used to, on my days off, go into art galleries. And, I, and, and there was a, a piece of sculpture, which was a replica of the Olympic sculpture for the Atlanta Olympics of the gymnast. And there, I read the literature about it and there was an Olympic motto in it, which I'd never really connected with. I may have heard it before, but I hadn't connected, which is the essence lies not in the victory, but in the struggle. And at that moment in time for me, where I was struggling, I uh, felt alone. What it was saying to me was the whole purpose of you trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve is, is this journey, is, is this struggle. It isn't, you know, defined by what you achieve. And you need to celebrate and recognise the struggle. And it had a profound effect on me because it made me realise that, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't supposed to be easy. You know, it was supposed to be hard. And once you acknowledge that, it frees you up to, to embrace it. And it changed me. And I didn't put a foot wrong after that day. And uh, it was a combination of things. But I, I love that. The essence lies not in the victory, but in the struggle. It's an Olympics motto. And the other one I'll throw in, because it's the advice I give to all parents and all athletes when they say, oh, what advice should you give my kids? And uh, I say, look, you, know, you can have the best bikes in the world. You can have all the technology. You can have all the talent in the world. But if you want to run fast, go and run with fast people. Go and find someone to run with. If you want to achieve something, if you want to do something, get in there, get closer to the action, get closer to the sun, go and find a Chris Akabusi, go and be around it because it rubs off. And before you know it, you're doing it. And I think that applies to everything. So, you know, that is a big one for me. It, it, just get in it. Don't talk about it. Get in there, meet people. Stuff happens. But if you're not in it, it won't happen. So if you want to run fast, just, just be around fast people. That's all right. Yeah, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? That could have been it that you're passing on there. Well, but... the best piece of advice was actually it also was related to athletics, which was which was leading up to the Olympics again. It was a big time in my life. It was from an ex-athlete who had failed, had failed. They tried to achieve what I was trying to achieve, but had failed. And I think you know most people try and if they want to achieve something, they go and find someone who's achieved it, right? But I think as a better person, find the person who tried to do it and failed, because they'll tell you what we got wrong. And it was somebody who analysed the 400 metres and complicated it. And he said to me, in the end, all you can do is focus on running your perfect race. Don't worry about your competitors. Don't worry about the weather. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Just focus on your perfect race. It's the greatest challenge of all in the Olympic final. Because you can imagine millions of people are watching, billions of people watching, 100,000 people in the stadium, the significance of it. And it's that ability to just let it go and focus on your race, not Michael Johnson, not this, not that. And it, yeah, that was huge for me. As simple as it sounds, it was, it was basically just saying, you know, stop reacting and worrying, get on with it, focus on what you can control. And it, it changed the way I ran. 
simple, seismic and profound. Would it be rude to yeah. ask you who gave you that advice? It was an athlete from the past who, who, who uh, Dr. David Jenkins, was, who, who, who had messed up, you know, for lots of reasons. And, uh, yeah, I, th I think it was powerful. I listened to him, you know, because he, because he messed up and he'd done it. And other, other people were probably saying it in, in different guises, but I wasn't listening. What do they know? <laughs> so. What help or advice might you proffer to a younger version of yourself? Um, I would probably say to the younger version of myself, um, I, I've often been described by people who know me as a swan. You, you look graceful on the, on the surface, but you, you're deep down. You, yeah, and I'm still doing it. It's, it's in my nature. It would be, you know, just, just be in the moment more and relax a little bit more. You know, I've never quite mastered that. I'm happy to admit that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that would be it. But then again, you know, gives you yeah if you're always it keeps you on the edge i suppose but but, but probably that and, and maybe the advice would be you know you i suppose the obvious one because of my story would be you know set set yourself on a path but you know what sometimes you have to go down another path and and that path will take you down a path you never knew existed but recognize the opportunity when it's in front of you and don't be scared to take it we're ramping up to a final component, which is Shakespeare and legacy. But just before we get there, I'm going to deliberately park that to yeah. last. Um, where can we find out more about the sort of Roger Black world <laughs> on the internet? Yeah. Well, it's not one thing. I mean, you know, I, ha I have a portfolio of businesses, as they say, because I have to. I've never, I'm self-employed. I've never worked through. So everything I do, everything I do is around performance and the space between talent and performance. And as you can probably tell, I'm quite interested in that. Talent's not enough in sport. It's not enough in anything. Okay, so I'm fascinated by that. So I, I, you can go to RogerBlack.co.uk, and that's me. And I speak at conferences or whatever. I run a business called Backley Black with Steve Backley, the, the incredible javelin thrower. We have a shared passion for this mindset. So we we work with clients and that we do whole days with with clients, which is great. So that's my sort of yeah, I'm affected a lot by COVID, but that's my sort of my my day job. Um, but I have my own, I've had a fitness brand for years, Roger Black Fitness. It was under license for years with Argos. Now I run it with a very small team um, with, with the brand and, and with home fitness equipment. And, and, it's, and it's, it's not about the equipment. It's about people, you know, making the decision to do some exercise. And, and that's rogerblackfitness.com. And that, 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 that's a challenge because it's a proper business. And there are, you know, challenges with all of that because it's it, 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 the business side of it. But, but I love that side of it. And the client customers, who's, you know, I had someone the other day who, who can no longer run, the old, older person, because they felt that they're, they're worried about potholes and stuff. So they bought one of my folding treadmills. And so it's just lovely to still be able to walk and, and run and you know, not have to go outside. And anyway, so, so those are the main things. You know, rogerblack.co.uk, uh, Backley Black and Roger Black Fitness. That's me. And now a very exciting moment. This is now the... This is so exciting, passing a golden relay baton yep. to Roger okay. Black. So yeah. who do you think in your network would most enjoy benefit from like being given a damn good listening to by being in this construct? Well, I, mean, I, I, I think you can work out what this answer is going to be. I mean, if you were lucky enough to ever speak to him, he would be. It is an extraordinary life. And of course, that is my my great friend Chris Akabusi. He was also an extraordinary relay runner. He wouldn't drop the baton, unlike some. He would take the baton, and he would uh, hopefully, you know, 
come from behind and uh, and cross the line with a, a gold medal performance. So it'd be Chris Ackerby's. And your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to furnish <laughs> me with a warm introduction so he says yes. Well, I'll try. I can't predict him. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Um, so this is yours, metaphorically. In time, I'll, I'll take it from you. I'll take it from Thank you. Thank you very there much. Um, wonderful. And just before the Shakespeare, as this has been your moment in the sunshine of the good listening to show, is there anything else, Roger Black, you'd like to say? No. I think we've we've covered a lot. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, I'm honestly, I, I can't add to, yes, no, I can't think of anything I would say. Yeah. And now, finally, then, inspired by yeah. Shakespeare and all the world's a stage and all the bearded, bearded, bearded players, when all is said and done, <laughs> Black, Olympic legend and European and world championships, how would you most like to be remembered? Oh, dear, this is, this is a hard one. So, so I would like to be remembered for, for two things. I would like to be remembered that, um, he gave it a go. And I don't mean just in athletics, I mean everything, you know, and not everything I've done has been as successful in athletics. But, but I'm not scared to, 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 to give things a go. And I think there's something in that. You know, I think you regret the things you didn't do more than the things you did do in life. So there's that. But um, my wife always tells the story of, of um, her father died just, just before we got married. And I didn't know him for long because so we, we got married quite quickly after meeting each other. And um, she always says that he, he, he she, she literally very soon before he died, she did, he did turn and say, he, he's a good chap. And, and she always says that. And that'd be a nice thing to, to have. You know, he's a good chap. But, but I think, yeah, the combination of that and, um, oh, that's yeah, that was actually Steve Backley calling me. Um, uh, I think a combination of he gave it a go, but it, and he was a good chap. That'd be nice. That'll do. <laughs> I'll take that. I don't know if my kids would say that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, shut up. They'd say, yeah, but shut ladies up, and, Dad. Ladies and gentlemen, min, min, min. By the way, my son says on the daily, Dad, your podcast's crap. <laughs> of course, oh, my kids, honestly, my kids are like, oh, you're so irrelevant. You're such a knob. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well, I think they love me really. <laughs> You've been listening to The Good Listening To Show here on UK Health Radio with me, Chris Grimes. Oh, it's my son. If you've enjoyed the show, then please do tune in next week to listen to more stories from The Clearing. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, then please do so. There's also a dedicated Facebook group for the show too. You can contact me about the programme, or if you'd be interested in experiencing some personal impact coaching with me, care of my Level Up Your Impact programme, that's chris at secondcurve.uk. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at that Chris Grimes. So until next time, from me, Chris Grimes, from UK Health Radio, and from Stan, to your good health, and goodbye.